Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to episode 133 of the world's first Paul Weller fan podcast. I'm Dan Jennings and 10 years ago I gave up my live stream and career as a radio presenter with one big regret. Never getting to interview my hero, the legendary singer, songwriter and musician, Paul Weller. This podcast exists purely to solve that issue. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Paul. On this episode, I am joined by another uber-talent, Franco-Algerian singer, songwriter and guitarist, Suad Massey. Suad began her career fronting the political rock band Atacor in the late 90s, earning her a reputation as a troublemaker in an Algeria torn apart by civil war. After fleeing to Paris following a series of death threats, she earned her first recording contract and has never looked back, a career spanning more than 20 years now, driven by this unfailing determination to speak out for what she values most, freedom and justice. Her songs are steeped in love, altruism and bravery. And our Weller connection comes in the 2000s, with Paul telling Uncut Magazine in July 2008, I've recently developed a bit of a thing about tango. I love that music. It's really emotional, passionate music. And he talks about being influenced by an Algerian singer called Suad Massey, who's been a huge inspiration recently. As you'll hear on the podcast, this led to the two of them creating music together at Black Barn Studio, Paul Weller HQ, resulting in a beautiful song called Let Me Be In Peace, which featured as the last track in Suad's album Liberty in 2010. We'll also hear about her new album, Sequana, released last year, drawing on folk, country, rock, calypso, the sounds of the Middle East and the Algerian desert. It's an absolute corker. The Times gave it five stars. Songlines said she has surpassed herself with Sequana, which from first to last sounds like a career landmark. This is going to be really special. Let's get into it. Swad Massey, thanks for joining me. Thank you. I'm happy. It's <laughs> lovely to see you. And I tell you what, I've been digging so much of your music, which is awesome. I'm looking forward to chatting about you, your creative experiences, how you make these beautiful sounds and these albums and all of that. And of course, we'll talk about the connections with Paul Weller as well. But first of all, I want to understand this, this love of music is like 
a lifelong thing. It's from a very young age. This has always been within you, hasn't it? Yes. Um, I began to make music uh, very young. Uh, I began to take uh, lessons of uh, guitar, classical guitar. I began to compose music with my brother at home. And I uh, joined a um, flamenca band and after rock band. So uh, we can say I began uh, since I was uh, 17 years old. Uh, and is your brother still making music or did he go yes, in a different yes, direction? Yes, yes. I, yeah, I have two brothers who are musicians. Hassan uh, played piano and another brother Samir who play a percussion. So this was a noisy household. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we had a chance because we have a uh, very uh, nice parent uh, who, who love music and uh, encourage us to play music at home. Now growing up in North Africa, I'm, I'm assuming that music, culturally, music is really important in your, your part of the world. Yes, I, uh, I grew up in uh, Algiers. My family play music, shabby music, rock and uh, Spanish music. So uh, a lot of influences uh, from I was uh, young. I, I think Paul Weller would appreciate this bit because you mentioned the rock band. This is quite political, the rock band. Obviously, everything is going on. In, and we'll talk about everything that's kind of going on at the time back home. But at a core. At a core. Yeah, I, I understood. I read somewhere that you had loved punk. You'd loved the Clash and even like early U two, a big U two fan, and that. The rock I liked. The, it, uh, it's coming from England and from America. You know, I was listening to uh, Aerosmith, to Led Zeppelin, uh, to the Jam. I was really surprised uh, when uh, Paul Waller asked uh, somebody from my uh, last record company uh, to make connection uh, for working together. Yeah, that's just incredible because at the time he. He was making his album 22 Dreams and he'd come to a bit of a crossroads that he'd gotten like the old band had been disbanded he was making this double album and he talks about what an amazing inspiration you were and he, got, he really got into tango music particularly and found you just a really inspiring musician and loved your music I mean was that passed on to you, Had you did, did you know about that? No first no but I was really surprised and happy because uh, I know him uh, when he was in the gym band and I liked his voice I, I find him really uh, his superstar and with strong voice and uh, when I meet him on his studio it was like a dream for me you know I couldn't uh, really realize that I'm you know playing music and singing with him it was a, really a big gift for me now we'll get into the story of you making music with Paul in a bit because he doesn't let you off it's a pretty late night but we'll talk about the session and, and you, you making music with Paul in a, in a little bit in terms of the clash and the jam and all those sounds and, and this love of rock music I mean that does seem a million miles away from the music that you've created as a solo artist but that band that rock band at the time you were really pushing the political agenda it was a, it was an angry band and rightly so right so when I played with Ataka there are a lot of um, people uh, conscious politically I learned a lot of things uh, with them because I was uh, very young from them the situation was very hard in Nigeria it was in civil war and we tried to speak and uh, to make songs uh, who can express our feeling on this time because it was uh, very hard and uh, no hope and uh, all was difficult to life to make music to go to learn and uh, so we uh, the rock music is the real music to uh, express uh, our feeling uh, on this time I mean it gets to the point where it's so bad 
and you start getting death threats and have to have to literally have to leave your hometown, have to go to Paris and flee your hometown. Is that right? Uh, yes, I travel. I come to France. It was very hard to to make music, very hard to express uh, myself, and uh, I afraid for my life. And uh, so uh, I leave Algeria and. Uh, I come to to make my music uh, because uh, I wanted to to be free and uh, uh, to be uh, how can I say uh, libre uh, to be free. Yeah. And you were leaving your family back home, presumably. Were you? Yeah, yeah. I had no choice. Wow. And quickly, you get into creating your own music and a recording contract, a deal, that debut album. And I mean, it goes, it goes really big, really quickly, doesn't it? A huge success, particularly in France, the storyteller, that first debut album. So much so that they make you a knight, don't they? Aren't you a knight in France? Is that right? <laughs> so it was quickly. I, ha- I had chance, but I, I, I worked a lot of. So uh, it's a big privilege for me to to have this honors from France, uh, who is the capital of culture. This yes, it's a knight of the order of arts and letters, is what they call it. And we soon go global as well. So you're having success in the US, all around Europe. And one of the connections I wanted to ask about was Damon Albarn, Africa Express, because Damon had worked with Paul Weller on that project where they did a gig with the Syrian musicians and guests. With um, the, uh, there's a chap who's been on the podcast called Seku Kater. He's a Cora master. He's a lovely chap. You got invited to join Damon on the the Africa Express project. Yes, I met him. Uh, I, I don't remember the year the same thing like uh, Paul were very happy and uh, a big uh, chance uh, to meet him he loved the uh, African uh, music and uh, it's a good thing uh, what he do to make uh, meeting between African uh, and English musicians. So a uh, very nice experience for, for me and uh, for my musicians. And it was a big collection of musicians that he got together, wasn't it? These were big bands. So you were workshopping an awful lot, I gather. Yes, I, I was there with, uh, I think, Rashitaha was there in the same time uh, uh, like me. Yeah, it was a very free and big uh, workshop uh, uh, between all the musicians. It's interesting, isn't it? Because Damon, I know Damon's music from Blur, and I'm guessing Blur would be a big thing for you as well. And then we have Gorillas. But he's always been somebody who likes to push the envelope and try new things and particularly embrace different sounds, different cultures in his music as well. And I sense that from you. You're it's very hard to pigeonhole you into a box, you know, on, on and in these days when we live in a world of streaming platforms, Spotify and Amazon, we get playlists delivered to us on a theme of music, you know, jazz or country or pop. But you seem to straddle all of those things. It's just a love of all kinds of music. Some of your stuff will touch classical or a bit of jazz or country. We've got banjo on the new album, for instance. It's, so it's very hard to put you in a box, isn't it? Which is a good thing, I think. But you love all of it. <laughs> I don't want uh, people put myself on the box. The music is free. For me, the music is a universal language. I love all music. I love uh, folk, jazz, African, uh, rock music. And uh, I don't want to be sad to, to play only one music. I want to be free and and uh, to try to make connection uh, for all those uh, music. Try to, to build the bridge f- from culture to another culture. And uh, the only way for me is uh, music to do that. And for so many of us, it will be through the sounds of your music, the melodies, the, you know, how that, uh, that makes us feel. So the lyrics, I would have to translate and look up and understand the meaning behind the words and things. So it's a different experience, I guess, for, for some of us versus other. But ultimately, the, I mean, the sound is beautiful. But does that frustrate you that, that 
Philistines like myself wouldn't necessarily know what you were singing about all the time. I understand. I did. I understand. I speak uh, my how uh, say mother tongue. I speak in Arabic, and I I put the, the translation of my lyrics uh, on my album. If people are curious, they can find easily the, the lyrics. So it's not a problem. So let's talk about Mr. Weller. So he got in touch with well, your record company or your management and just wanted to get a connection. And was that about creating music or did he just want to pass on the fact that he was a fan? So uh, first, uh, I think he may he make uh, another arrangement of uh, one of my songs, who is uh, Relanta. He asked me if he can do that. So I was uh, surprised and happy. And uh, second time, he asked me uh, to meet him to see if we can do song together. So I uh, go to uh, his studio with my uh, director artistic and I find him on his studio uh, working with his uh, musicians. He gave me a paper and pen and he told me, uh, so uh, you write your songs? And I say, yes. And he told me, uh, so write a song now. Improvisation music. So I was surprised. So I, I told him, I don't, I, I need time. See, he told me, okay, one hour, two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, and... Uh, was he and like, get, get on with it, come on, get on with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was a big opportunity for me and I, I like his music. So I um, I improvise and I write a song about, uh, let me be on peace, about, uh, it's about children who so far in the world and uh we do it uh i think in two hours the the song we we do together we don't uh, make a arrangement special arrangement or a mix it's really the concentration of our meeting uh, on this song so uh, really a very nice experience for me Wow. I mean, you make it sound so easy. <laughs> no, it was hard, but uh, tension was there. And uh, I was very happy to meet him. So we try to make uh, this song for children. And uh, this is the mo most important thing. How different is that to your usual process? Because presumably, usually you're workshopping songs or you're writing lyrics, coming back to them, thinking what comes first, the words, the lyrics or the melody? How do you, how do you usually work and how different is it to, to Mr. Weller demanding that in a couple of hours? <laughs> <laughs> they are not really rule, you know, uh, it's depend of the song. There are songs who you begin with music and after that you, you write lyrics and there are a lot of other songs. You begin to, to write lyrics and you, you hear in your head uh, music. So uh, it's very different from song to uh, another song. And when you were writing with Paul, so you started with the words, How, did you have a bit of a tune in mind as well? I, 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 I start with the work, with the words, sorry, and I told him what's the meaning of the, the song, and he, he began to, with his piano, and uh, he improvised. It was like that. <laughs> wow, this is mad. Oh, to be a fly on the wall would have been fabulous, eh? I understand you worked on it late into the night. Wasn't it like three in the morning you were working on this together? Because you, you're in the zone. You're just wanting to get it done. You know what? Uh, <laughs> we began to work. He asked me, do you want to, to drink something, to smoke? I told him, I don't smoke. I don't uh, want to I don't drink only water. So he told me, I'm not rock and roll. So I'd... <laughs> 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 really, I, I, I met very nice artists, really huge. I have a big respect for, uh, for him, for 
his art. And uh, he told me, he gave me uh, some advice. He told me, don't take a lot of attention of the words. This, the most uh, important thing that you are real when you song. People feel it. And uh, it was a very uh, nice uh, advice for me. And now when I write, I, uh, I work with uh, his idea. I love that. So you're taking the, the the advice is something you've taken into future yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really lovely, isn't it? I heard I heard a story that you went to a French restaurant. All of you, did you go to a French restaurant? Do you remember this? Well, yes. Uh, you know, uh, movement uh, lunch because a lot of people come to him uh, to take pictures. I don't know how we, they do, but he was very nice with the people. So I understand that. In this moment that I uh, I was uh, with the big stars. You say that, <laughs> but I I, I, heard, I heard that you'd been to the, you went to this French restaurant and the, and the waiters all recognized you straight away, but they didn't recognize Paul. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. <laughs> and this would have been around 2008, so just before Paul released uh, 22 Dreams. And he was interviewed at the time, Uncut Magazine. I mentioned it earlier, and saying what an inspiration you and your music were was to him. This love of tango that he had at the time. Really emotional, really passionate. So as well as making music together, did you talk about the types of music, your inspirations, the music? What kind of connection did you have outside of creating that song together? When I, I spoke with him, uh, I understand that he knows me and uh, he knows... Uh, uh, both my work and my music. And we, when we spoke on uh, telephone, mobile, he, we spoke about uh, the new arrangement he did uh, for uh, Relenta. And he told me, uh, uh, I hope we will find time together uh, to work so together to make a song. And uh, you know what? It was for me, uh, <laughs> I didn't... Uh, I believe myself when I hear hear it, you know, and I would like uh, really um, to make another song with him. It was a really very nice experience. So the song that was like a version of yours or he used yours, was it a song of his called One Bright Star on the album 22 Dreams, I think. It does, it is very tango-like. You can, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. If I had any dance skills whatsoever, that would be the one, but <laughs> sadly not. Now look, let's talk about your latest album, released last year, and off the back of a period for musicians that has been horrendous in terms of covid and the pandemic and not being able to tour not being able to get out and tour your music and so this album was created presumably was created during that time of uncertainty and lockdown and this terrible time across the whole world but um, off the back of it we get this this 
beautiful album. Was it a reaction to just not being able to get out into the world and not being able to tour and see places that you usually do and see your fans and stuff? The period of COVID was um, very um, important for me because I had time to have a reflection to try to find the answer answer to a lot of questions. So we was like a prisoner. So I had time to to write and uh, to um, a lot of reflection about uh, the sense of our life. And I write about uh, human connection because it's uh, important. A lot of people live alone and uh, are sad. I speak about... Uh, bad feeling of young people who are uh, lost, who don't know uh, COVID. Uh, they live in um, very far from reality. They don't know how to ha- have a real connection about, uh, about them. So I, I write about, uh, about that. You're right. I mean, being, I've got two young children, an eight-year-old and a um, six-year-old this Sunday, actually. So must remember that. Let me make a note. This is party today, so we'll, we'll be all right. But, um, <laughs> I, I fear for them. I mean, honestly, the amount, even just technology now is so different from, you know, when we yeah. were young. They're constantly connected to devices, not ex- often not experiencing the real world. It's such a challenge being a parent, but let alone what they're coming into, everything going on globally. Goodness me. I mean, you know, who'd want to be young these days, right? <laughs> I'm not against uh, of technology because we need to to work with technology, but we have to keep attention to our children uh, because they are lost in um, in their uh, feeling because that technology can make uh, us very far from reality. The other thing about the album is musically it takes you off almost like a world tour in a way of different styles from different countries. Was that the intention as well? It's like actually you're global trotting but through your music in your home studio presumably. I think uh, you know we say how, how many times we say three years now I missed uh, traveling. <laughs> I love all this music. I meet, you know, uh, uh, musicians from Portugal, from uh, Brazil, from Africa, uh, from America, because I love uh, country music. And it's uh, it's a wonderful thing to try to make a mixture of all those music. And uh, I'm at ease with all those music. So it's part of me. Let's talk about some of the standouts of the album. We have to talk about Hurts because that will be one that surprises people in terms of the version of obviously the Nine Inch Nails song, but so well known as the Johnny Cash version. I would guess that you were scribbling down the lyrics and translating them into Arabic to do your version. But what, what made you want to record an, that, that song and create a version of that song for, for your own work? I was very uh, touched by uh, the version of Johnny Cash. I see his uh, video clip. I feel that he give to this song uh, another soul and uh, that touched me a lot of and I like uh, the lyrics and uh, it's very deep and so I, I do it in Arabic. Because I would imagine the the lover of rock music, when I first heard you'd done that song, was like, oh, she loves the Nine Inch Nails. And she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> listening to them, yeah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I like the version of Johnny Cash. It was, uh, you know, I discovered the, this version. It was, you know, I, I think I, I heard it... Uh, when I discovered uh, six time, you know, it was it was a big uh, discovering from them. It's interesting, is it? Because it shows that power of just a great song. Whereby, I mean, the Johnny Cash one 
but hairs on the back of your neck when you're listening to that song. But yeah, you've, yeah, yeah. you've captured that as well. And like I say, Thank it's you. a completely different language. But at the same time, when I listen, you're like, oh, yeah, 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 which is remarkable. Um, I'd like to talk about Mirage as well. Uh, honestly, just beautiful. It's a Saharan trance about exile. Uh, My wounds will never heal, being some of the lyrics. It's just beautiful. And a duet, another duet with um, a guy called Piers Faccini. I know uh, Piers Faccini, I like his voice and his work. And uh, the the producer of the, the album is Justin Adams, I think you know him. I make him uh, listen to my first uh, music about Mirage. He talked to Pierce Faccini. He told me, You're, uh, I think it would be nice if you make do it uh, together. He gave uh, with his voice uh, another, you know, uh, add emotion to my music. And did you, when you were writing that song, did you always have the intention of working with somebody else on it? Or was initially, was well, it just going to be you and your, your music? You know, first, you know, I, I uh, was in my period of, uh, composition, uh, and, uh, I thought about to make music, um, blues rock. So, uh, it's come naturally, I think, uh, the last moment uh, to go to the studio, I think, uh, the, the night of, uh, yeah, <laughs> night before, yeah. <laughs> the other thing as well, so um, like you say, on your albums, we can read the translations, so we have the, the lyrics and the meaning. And I wanted to talk about the album Closer, a song about a Chilean songwriter, singer-songwriter, this, this song called Victor, which is a tribute to Victor Hara, who was a Chilean teacher, theatre director, poet, singer-songwriter, and communist political activist. But he was a massive, massive influence. It wasn't just in Chile, it spread right throughout the world. were performed by like American folk artists, for instance. So had who you huge amount of influence. Talk to me about the story of Victor and, and that song and, and his story as well, because it's a tribute to him. So I would like to make tribute to Victor because uh, when I was young, I was listening to him and I have big respect to his uh, life and uh, fight for uh, freedom. It was, uh, you know, symbol of uh, resistance and uh, uh, I like his voice and... Uh, and his uh, engagement. And he was murdered by the Chilean military. Yeah. I mean, awful. Like he, they smashed his fingers so he couldn't play the guitar and all that. Yeah. This this story is horrendous. What made him controversial, a controversial figure for them? So he was a symbol of resistance and uh, he was uh, in the front of, uh, you know, the social movement. So he wanted the government of Pinochet wanted to, uh, to stop him because uh, he gives, you know... Uh, Hope and uh, he was uh, a leader. And um, in, in Algeria, and uh, when I was listening to him, you know, uh, a lot of resistant uh, people come in the past uh, in Algeria because uh, it was the how you say the the home of the revolution. But honestly, it's, um, you, you must be really pleased with the reaction to that album. I mean, one thing I should touch on, actually, Mr. You know, Paul Weller is very prolific in terms of the amount of material. We always seem to be getting a new album from Mr. Weller. I mean, every couple of years from you, we have a new album. You're clearly very, very creative. There's a lot going on. Yeah, but Paul Weller is more... Uh... <laughs> Prolific, prolific than me. <laughs> 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 only just, only just. But he's had the le- he's had longer so far, hasn't he? He's had- we are, yeah, we are inspired about a lot of things, uh, you know, news and uh, people. So uh, we have 
period like that uh, where we have a lot of inspiration. So are you doing this every day? Is there is it most days you're writing creative music, thinking about it, or do you have periods where you're doing? Yeah, you know, I don't know. You're you're watching box sets on the television or doing something completely different. You no, know, we have a period. So in our life, of uh, we think about a lot of things, and we have special period where we began to write. It depends on the song. Uh, some song, uh, for example, we can I can write it in uh, one uh, one day. Another song can take uh, three months, for example. And once your album's out into the world, so this was the latest album was released last October. This fabulous album, your 10th, called Sequana. So many incredible reviews from critics. The Times giving it five stars, saying that you've rarely sounded so lyrical. Your voice, pure and unaffected, speaks to the soul. A woman of her time who sings like never before about the causes close to her heart. So many people saying that this is a career highlight, a career best as well. And whilst we need more dates in the UK, lots of tour dates for this album around France and stuff and around Europe. So you must be really looking forward to getting back out on the road again. What I'm going to do now, it's I'm on tour. Uh, we play uh, in Womad uh, in July. In July, you will have sun this time, I hope. <laughs> There's no guarantee, I'm afraid. No guarantee, so. <laughs> this has been so fabulous to spend time with you. Thank you so much. I do have two final questions for you before we go, okay? You're allowed one Paul Weller song for the rest of your life. It can be the jam, the style council or solo. What would you pick? You know what? I like his voice. All uh, his songs are uh, wonderful. I can't choose, uh, you know. Uh, when he speaks, he has, uh, you know, he doesn't need to sing. When he speaks, his voice is wonderful. So I, I like all his uh, songs. The purpose of this podcast is to meet lovely people like you and hear your experiences of working with Paul and collaborating with Paul and your amazing career and to talk about your music. But it's also for me to get the interview with Paul Weller that I never managed during my radio career. If it happens, what should I talk to him about? What should I ask him? Do you think there's a topic that he'd appreciate as a fellow musician? <laughs> I want to challenge Paul Waller, you know? I want to give him a paper and a pen now. <laughs> and give him one hour to write a song. <laughs> so, Paul, therefore, are you okay for that challenge? <laughs> <laughs> and will it be as good as let me be in peace? That's the thing, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I will wait uh, the answer. Okay, that's brilliant. I love that. <laughs> one, th <laughs> one thing I should have asked you, actually, on the album, the song is called Let Me Be In Peace, and then it, in brackets it says one take version. Did you just do it in one go and nail yeah, it? Yeah, we do it like that. It was, you know what, very uh, an experience who, who mar marked me. For for all my life. <laughs> have you have you ever made anything that quick before or since? No, it, it was the first time. You know, uh, first I I thought that it was a joke. <laughs> so uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> no, but you know what? I was how you say a very uh, for me it's huge to meet him. So I uh, okay, I take my pen and it was like that's how what I want to do. So the magic moment is uh, was born from the studio so it was really a very very nice experience and was it always intended that it would be your song does that do you know what i mean in terms of it would be on your album rather than on his did you have a bit of a tug of war of who was going to have the song in terms of uh, where would it go you know what i did i didn't decide nothing i was really happy to meet him to sing with him <laughs> who want to make the song i don't care about that <laughs> <laughs> This has been so lovely. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye.
My thanks once again to Suad Massey for joining me on the podcast, another fabulous guest. If you want to find out more, dig into the album, the new album that we talked about. Make sure you check out the show notes to this podcast on my website. You can hear the collaboration with Paul and also Paul's song One Bright Star from the album 22 Dreams alongside Suad's I Only Love You. Really nice to hear the two together. Paul Weller fan podcast.com. You'll find the show notes to the podcast there. And whilst you're there, you can show your support. Just head into my store if you want to get excited exclusive merchandise, or you can buy a virtual coffee as well. Doing that over the past week, so on the roll call, Roger Clark, hello to you, sir. Thanks for your virtual coffee. Alex McLaughlin says, really enjoyed Richard Houghton's stories, brought back memories of sending off a postal order and a self-addressed envelope, then days later, nervously opening that envelope when it came back, praying it contained a ticket and not just the returned postal order. Simpler times. Hello to Phil Baker. Thank you so much for your virtual coffee. Really generous. Cheers, mate. Thanks so much. Get involved on my website, paulwellerfanpodcast.com, and just head to the store. On the next episode of this here podcast, you're going to love this one, my very special guest, Haircut 100, Nick Haywood, is on the podcast, sharing stories of his love of the jam and lots of connections with Mr. Weller as well. Make sure you subscribe, you follow wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Google and more. You'll also find me on social media as well. Get in touch on Twitter at WellerFanPod or on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for Paul Weller Fan Podcast. Get in touch. Be lovely to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.